morning. Luke chapter number 10. And, uh, every now and then, man, you just got to sing about his goodness uh, and let it out because if you keep it in, it'll hurt you. And so, uh, so thankful for his goodness. And I mean, we could stop right now and just say, man, it's been good to be in God's house. Uh, just all that he's done and all that he's doing as he's working in people's lives and hearts. And uh, as he does that, hey, if he speaks to your heart uh, about anything, man, you better act on it. You better do something with it. Uh, if, whether it's a, a card, whyitsfree.com, or uh, whether it's telling somebody your story of redemption and hope uh, that you have in you, uh, man, you better do something with it. You better do something with it because God has given us a story to share. And we all know somebody in our life that needs to hear it. Uh, we all, we could raise, hey, how many, of you, how many of you know somebody who needs Jesus? Every hand in the room, man, all over the place. It looked like uh, the inside of a bag of microwave popcorn, you know, in the microwave. All the hands going up everywhere. Uh, but somebody, church, somebody needs your story. And somebody, God has placed somebody in your life to share it with them. God has placed somebody. Man, you don't have to pray, God, send me someone that I can witness to. He's already put that person in your path. He's already put them there, but are we faithful to engage those people? Are we faithful to share a message of hope with those people, uh, with the people that God has placed in our life? We know what Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 32. Remember, he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. We know that. Uh, that's Check the box. Yeah, I know that, preacher. I, I know that. Uh, we know what he said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, when he said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, not so they can glorify you, not so they can lift up your name and you could be exalted. We talked last week about exalting the Savior. It's not about lifting up us. It's about lifting him up so that others may see him, may know him, may hear what he has done. Uh, great, uh, we think about, uh, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. But I wonder if sometimes we don't share our story, our message, that message of hope. We don't cast that seed because there's a feeling that, hey, I, I've got to be the hero somehow in this story. Uh, I've got I've to share the message, and, and somehow I, I can't be as bad. I, I don't want somebody to think that I was horrible and rotten. Hey, newsflash, you are. Let's just be transparent, honest this morning. We all are. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. One sin. And there's nobody in this room that's perfect. God has placed all of us here for such a time as this. And that purpose is to engage the sinner. Engage the sinner. Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10 this morning uh, as we turn there and uh, jump right in. Luke chapter number 10. Uh, you've got your place there. Let's read just three verses just for uh, context. And we'll explain what's going on in the time period. Uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse number 1. And these things, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. Verse 3, Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among 
wolves. What is Jesus trying to teach uh, these people, these followers? Uh, That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, From Luke chapter 10, how do we engage the sinner? Lord, please bless our time this morning. Speak to our hearts. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Uh, Lord, it is running after us. Uh, Lord, it does. Uh, That goodness and grace pursues us, draws us. Uh, Lord, but as it has uh, infiltrated our lives, impacted us, Lord, there are people around us that you have brought in our path that it has not affected them. Lord, they have not either heard about it, they've not received it, uh, they don't understand it. Uh, Lord, and you have placed them in our lives for us to share that message with them. Lord, help us to be faithful. Uh, Lord, please speak to our hearts this morning and help us to leave here knowing what our purpose is. Lord, it's to exalt you first and foremost. But our secondary purpose, the reason that we are still here after we receive you as our Savior, the reason you have left us here is to engage the sinner. Is to engage those who do not know Christ. That's our purpose for living. Lord, I ask that you please help us to be found faithful. Please speak to my heart. Cleanse me of any unconfessed sin in my heart and life. Help me to be clean as I speak and present your word to your people. Lord, please teach us something this morning and help us to draw close to you. If there's someone here that doesn't know you, Lord, they've maybe been feeling the pull. Maybe you've been speaking their heart, but Lord, they don't know you. Help us, Lord, to encourage them to take that step. Lord, help them to not leave this place without getting that settled and walk out of here different than when they came in. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, what's our purpose uh, to, to engage the sinner? Number one, if you're taking notes on your handout, I want you to see the potential. The potential. This is the only account in the Gospels where Jesus sends out 70, 70 going before him. 70. Uh, we know that they were still broken down by two, but the only account uh, where he sends them out. We know that he sends the 12 out in Matthew chapter number 10. But he sends them to the southern region in Samaria, sends this group up north, uh, or the other way around, excuse me, uh, sends the 70 to Samaria, Galilee, uh, all that Gentile region. The 12 would go up north. Uh, But the way in which he sends them is interesting because, number one, we see the fellowship that's mentioned. Uh, Verse number one, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two, two and two. Two, 35 different groups. And, and maybe the reasoning is found in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 10 and uh, verse number 5 tells us that uh, the Gentiles, as Noah's family, spread out. That uh, several offshoots happened. And it says that uh, by these were the isles of the Gentiles divided into their lands. Everyone after his tongue, after their families and their nations. There were 70 different groups of people uh, in that offshoot in Genesis chapter 10, 70 different groups of people, families that were represented, that are mentioned there. Uh, But the interesting part is that these were all Gentiles. This is not the Jews. This is not the chosen uh, people. Jesus is broadening his scope. He is allowing his reach of ministry to go beyond just what they were familiar with. Uh, We know this. Uh, You know, his followers were focused on reaching just the Jews. But Jesus was focused on reaching everyone. They were focused primarily on our people. And don't we see that even in our culture today? Hey, I'm only going to talk to the people who look like me, uh, who have the same amount of money as me, broke. Uh, say, uh, whatever it is, uh, social, economic, color, uh, we tend to lean into the people who are just like us. 
And Jesus, aren't we glad that Jesus is looking for everyone? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come. Uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That which was lost. If you haven't uh, figured it out yet, that is everybody. Everybody. That which was lost. And Jesus didn't care care who they were, where they came from. Uh, He knew what we know. There are only two types of people in the world. Two, saved and lost. Those who have encountered Jesus Christ and have uh, received him as their personal Savior and those who have not. They either don't yet know about him, they don't know his story. Uh, They've never received him. Maybe they've heard about Jesus, but they don't really know how it applies to them. Uh, Maybe some that have outright rejected him. Maybe some that are just on the fence and say, you know, I'll I'll think about that. Uh, But let me just say, uh, to not accept Jesus is to reject Jesus. There are only two categories of people in the world. And there are only two categories of people in this room this morning. Whether you're in the room or watching online, two categories. You fall into one of those two categories. You're either in this room and you know that Jesus is your personal Savior. Or you're here and you have a doubt. Or you don't know. Or you're positive that Jesus is not your Savior right now. Can I challenge you that Jesus has brought you to this place today for one purpose, and that is that you would receive him as your personal Savior. That is why you are here today. He has placed you by his design, by his plan, in his sovereign will for you to receive him. But which category are you in? You're either one or the other. And Jesus is seeking those who need him. Is that you? Do you need Jesus? But in this passage, Jesus sends them out two by two. You know, we would think, hey, if we got 70 nations, let's just send, we got 70 people, let's just send one to everybody. Hey, we can cover more ground, we can get more done. Uh, we do that. that. That reasons with us, but that was not their culture. Their culture was driven on numbers, driven by at least two. Paul mentions this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 1. He says, this is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Jesus wanted to add validity to the message. Validity. And he wanted to make sure that one person couldn't carry off this random story. There had to be two. This was their legal system. There had to be at least two to bear it. But At the same time, he also wanted to encourage one another. There would be times as they're carrying the message out that one of them would say, man, we we went to that whole town and nobody, nobody would listen to us. Everybody cast us out and nobody would give us any opportunity to share the message of Jesus. And that other one would say, hey, man, it's okay. We'll go to the next place. Remember, Jesus said to expect this. Uh, it was, this was something that would happen. It's okay. We're going to go to the next place. And I'm sure someone there will receive him. It offered that opportunity. And you know, that's what we're supposed to do as a church. Now, that's what we're supposed to do as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we see that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify, encourage, strengthen one another, even as also you do. Hebrews 3.13. But exhort one another daily. Daily. How many of you need a daily dose of encouragement? Yeah, all of us. We need that daily dose of encouragement. We need it. It says it in the Word that we need it. Romans 14, verse 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. We're to encourage each other. 
every single day. Times are going to get tough. And you and I both know there will be times when we share our message, what that story that God has given to us, and nobody will receive it. They don't want to hear it. They've turned it off. They've heard it so much that now it's like, ah, I don't want to listen to you anymore. You turn around and walk away. They tell you to stop. All of these different reasons. But you will be discouraged. But you and I both need someone to say, hey, keep going. Keep going. Hey, hey don't stop. Hey, keep sharing. Hey, keep telling that story. Uh, that, you know, that old story that never gets old. Uh, the old, old story that never gets old. Uh, share that message because somebody down the line is depending on you and I to share the message of hope with them. But you and I might not see it. We might not see that third or fourth generation. But somebody's counting on you. Somebody down the line that you will never meet this side of heaven. But they're counting on you. I'm going to ask Trevor. Trevor, come up here. Uh, today is Trevor's birthday. Trevor has the brightest suit on the property. Trevor is 18 years old today. Right? Happy birthday. All right? Happy, happy birthday. This is your birthday song. Happy, happy birthday. It isn't very long. And there you go. All right, so you got sung to on your birthday. Now, here we go. Trevor is 18 years old, loves Jesus. Yes? Yes. Yeah, okay. All right, just making sure. All right, the illustration would be totally different if, if, if added. All right, Trevor says, man, I, I got Jesus in my life, and, and I want to do something with him, and I want to share his message with my friends. All right, so we've got friends. Do you have any friends sitting over there? Caleb, Caleb needs Jesus. Come over here, Caleb. And uh, all right, so we've got Trevor says, man, I, I want to tell uh, the story of Jesus to Caleb. Caleb, come over here where I'm standing, right here. And so Caleb, all right, Caleb, Trevor is going to share Jesus with Caleb, all right? And so let's, let's illustrate this and say, all right, Trevor shares the story with Caleb, and Caleb says, man, hey, that sounds great, and I've seen a change in Trevor's life, and uh, I know what it's done for you, so man, I want that to happen to me. And, and Caleb receives Jesus as his personal Savior, all right? So now we've got guys who say, man, I, I, we're, we're passionate about this. We want to tell somebody else about this. Uh, we want to do something. Uh, you got any other friends sitting over there? Xavier, all right, Xavier. We know Xavier needs Jesus too. So, uh, Xavier, come up here. Uh, take your time, brother. Any, any day. That'd be great. All right. As, you got a friend? Yeah. All right, who? Gabe. Gabe. All right, Gabe. We know that Gabe, Gabe is a jerk. And uh, Gabe needs Jesus. Come over here, Gabe. And if y'all don't know, Gabe is my discipleship partner. So, it's, this is good stuff, all right? But, all right, so now we got Trevor who says, hey, I talked to Caleb, and I shared the message with Caleb, all right? Uh, so uh, Caleb says, man, I'm going to share that message again. Uh, Trevor says, hey, you share it with your friends. I'm going to share it with mine. So now we have a chain going with the chain gang, all right? Uh, so we have a chain going, all right? So Gabe says, you have any friends out here? I mean, I have a whole bunch of friends. You have a whole bunch of friends, even though you're a jerk? Yeah. Okay, all right, just checking. All right, so anybody else? Hmm. Oh, anybody? gracious. All right, uh, Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah is your friend. Sarah is your friend. Good. All right. Sarah, come up. All right. Okay. Here we go. All right. And this, this illustration is growing. All right. So we're going somewhere. All right. Uh, Caleb or Xavier, grab somebody else. All right. Sarah, go over there with Gabe, if you will, please. All right. Hold this, please. 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 All right. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, Manny, come up here, if you will. 
You can stand next to Sarah and a chance come up and help me. And uh, Austin, you help me? All right. Manny. And uh, let's get one other lady. Hey, Miss Aaron, will you help me this morning? Is that all right? All right. Here on the other side there. Austin. Austin. All right. All right. Right there on the end. That'd be perfect. Okay. So let me get, uh, hey, Grandma, come up here for a second. Help me. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. All right. Come on, Grandma. Awesome. You're good? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You're good. Thank you so much. All right. Stand right here. All right. And let me see here. Uh, Roy, help me one more time. All right. We'll go right here. All right. Now, here's what's happened. Let's explain. Go back. Recap. Trevor said, man, uh, right here next to, next to Grandma, Roy. All right. So here we go. Trevor said, I got Jesus in my life. He's impacted me. I got to share it. So he shares it with his friend Caleb. Caleb says, man, what happened to you? I want that to happen to me. They said, hey, let's share the message. Let, let's share it. Uh, let's share it with my friend. I'm going to share it with my friend. I'm going to share it with a coworker. I'm going to share it with a family member. I'm going to share it with somebody who, man, I, I know needs Jesus. Uh, I'm going to share it all the way down the line. And it goes both ways. All right, now this is God's plan. You see how quick, all of a sudden, man, the news is traveling fast. Uh, by the way, this is what happened in Acts chapter 2. Everybody told everybody, you are not going to believe what Jesus has done for me. You are not going to believe the transformation that has taken place in my life, in my home. Uh, we heard about it in Sunday school this morning. Hey, somebody tells somebody, and somebody tells somebody, and somebody tells somebody. That is God's plan. That is how we engage the sinner. People say, well, man, I, I hadn't been to seminary, Pastor. I don't know all the verses. I don't know uh, how to present that. And what if they say, ask me a question that I don't know the answer to? You don't have to know the answer. You just have to know the one who knows the answer. Amen. It's not about knowing all the verses. Because what you need to share is what Jesus did for you. That is the story. It's not about making it some long dissertation. Man, I've got to have my doctoral thesis and know everything to say. It's all about what has Jesus done for you. Because that's what Trevor shared with Caleb. That's what Caleb saw. Hey, I've seen a change in your life. I've seen what's happened. I mean, I, I can't explain it, but I see the change, and I want to be a part of that, and I want what he's done in your life. I want that to happen to me, and it starts spreading from there. But here's this problem, and this is where the American church is today. Ready? Gabe says, you know what? Hey, that's great, man. I see the change, but I don't know what to say. I, I don't know how to share that. I, I don't even know if I want to. I don't know if I want to share the message. I don't know if I am qualified to share the message. So what happens right here? Ow. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens to Xavier down here? And he says, man, I, man, Pastor, that, that's something that only Bible college people do. That, that's, that's something that the church people, I'm not really a church person. I have Jesus and I love him, but I'm not really a church person. So I'm not going to share the message. Now, what has happened? Now Sarah hasn't heard. Now Manny hasn't heard. And because Sarah hasn't heard, because Gabe wouldn't share, now Sarah's family is still lost. Now Manny's co-worker is still lost. Now this guy and this lady are still lost. 
Because the chain reaction that takes place when we share the truth also happens when we don't share the truth. Now all of these people are still lost. All because one person said, I can't do that. One person said, Pastor, that's not me. Pastor, I'm not a people person. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to share. If Jesus has changed your life. You have a story. If Jesus has impacted your heart. Pastor, I wasn't a drunk or uh, I wasn't all this and I didn't have this long, horrible testimony. If Jesus changed your life, you have a testimony. Your testimony is not going to be the same as somebody else. Stop comparing and get to sharing. Stop comparing your story with somebody else. Well, it's not going to be as pretty or as colorful as, or as fruitful as somebody else. Stop comparing and get to sharing. Because we are running out of time. And this, hey, this happens every day. When somebody says, I don't want to share anymore. Uh, Pastor, I haven't seen anybody saved in months. I haven't seen that that seed be planted in somebody's heart in months or even years. I'm going to stop. If you stop, you cut the chain. You sever the chain and you eliminate the future potential of what God wants to do when we just share the message. Thank you, guys. You can go sit down. Thank you for your help. Let's give them a hand for helping this morning. It's really simple, but we make it so difficult. It's all about sharing the message. It's all about casting the seed. And he talked about the fellowship two by two. Number two, he talked about the field, the harvest. Uh, Jesus talked about it in several passages, John 4, 35, Matthew 9, 36 and 37. Uh, We can look all around us and see people who need Jesus that he died for. We know all that. The harvest is there. But our primary purpose, our primary intent is never to reap the harvest. Our primary purpose is to share the seed. Our primary purpose and focus and one of our purposes at Crossroads is to engage those who need hope. Luke chapter 14, verse 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. R.A. Torrey said, To win men to acceptance of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord is the only reasons Christians are left in this world. See, we're here for a purpose, church. We're here for a purpose. It's not our happiness. It's for His harvest. We're here for a purpose. It's not for our happiness. Well, pastor, I'm not happy. God must not be blessing me. Excuse me? If you're breathing, God is blessing. If God has allowed you to take another breath, he has blessed you more than we deserve. We talked about that last week. But the fact that we are here, God has placed us for a harvest of souls. But we need to share the message. We see the fellowship, the field. Number three, we see the few. Jesus says, the harvest is great. But the laborers are few. See, the harvest would be like the parable of the sower. They've seen a harvest. They've seen people cast the seed. They've seen people out cultivating. Uh, We've seen that period of reaping. All of that. But what would happen if we took the message outside the field and started sharing? Uh, What would your workplace be like if all of your coworkers were believers? 
Or what would your family meetings, gatherings be like if all of your family knew Jesus? What would it be like? Have you shared it? Oh, Pastor, I, yeah, I tried that years ago and it didn't work. Have you tried it recently? Uh, have you continued to cast the seed? Because somewhere, somehow, Romans chapter 10, verse number 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they not believe? Hey, how are they going to hear if you don't share? How will they hear without a preacher, someone to share the message? And if you don't do it, who's going to? Who's going to? Uh, some say, well, you know, Pastor, I, I'm going to let my life be the reflection. I'm going to let my life tell my story. I, I, Pastor, I'm going to wear a Christian t-shirt. Uh, Pastor, I'm going to wear a, a WWJD bracelet. Uh, Pastor, I'm going to crank up that, uh, when I pull that red light, man, I'm going to crank Spirit FM. Uh, people around me are going to hear the truth of God's word. Uh, I'm going to, man, I'm, Pastor, I'm going to podcast your message and, and I'm going to turn it up really loud at my workplace. You can do all that things, all of those things, and never do what he commands you to do. None of those things are found in Scripture. None. You know what we do see in Scripture? To share the message. From this to someone's ear. That is what he expects and commands us to do. Vance Havner said, Too many Christians are stuffing themselves with gospel blessings while millions have never had a taste. Stuffing themselves with gospel blessings while millions have never had a taste. Well, Pastor, you know I'm not a people person. I don't, talk, I don't even like people. I don't want to talk to people. But if Jesus has impacted your life, he has given you the ability. We already know he's given us the authority. He's given you the ability to share his message. Remember when God came to Moses? Uh, we heard about it in Sunday school this morning. When God came to Moses and said, hey, I want you to go back and be the deliverer of Egypt. I want you to go back as the prince of Egypt. I want you to redeem, rescue my people, bring them out. And remember, Moses had all the excuses. All these things. I can't do that. I'm not capable. I'm not qualified. All those different things. And God made a way for Moses to do what he never thought would be possible. What did he have to do? He just had to get walking. He just had to start walking back towards Egypt. And you know what? God may need you to do the same thing. He is going to equip you. Because we know that he's commanded us. And if he commands us to do something, he will equip us for the task. If he's commanded you to share the gospel, which we know, then he will equip you to carry that out. It's not what you know to share the gospel. It's about who you know to share the gospel. Who. He has equipped all of us. The potential. And then uh, number two, we see the prayer. The prayer for laborers. He says all of these things. Uh, you know, pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers. And maybe you've asked these questions. Why am I praying? Now, Pastor, why, why would I pray for that? Why, why does God want me to pray? And Jesus, isn't, Jesus told me to pray is not a good enough reason. Well, Jesus told me, so I guess I'll do it. See, prayer is an act of reliance on God who is greater than me. Prayer is an act of reliance on someone, God, who is greater than me. It shows that I need Him. When I pray, I'm admitting that I can't do it by myself. 
When I pray, I'm, ask, I'm admitting that I need help. When I pray, that I'm asking and admitting that he has to go before me and prepare hearts before me and show me who to speak to. Remember the battle that Paul had in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3-7 through 7, when he went back and forth with the Corinthian believers and they were saying, well, I like this preacher and I like this preacher and I like this preacher. And he's going back. And remember in verse number 5, Paul said, who is then a Paul and who is Apollos? Remember, he said, who are these guys? They're nobodies. And he's one of them. He said, we're nobodies. But what did he emphasize? Verse number six, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. It's not your brilliant speech that's going to save someone. It's not your testimony even to that extent. It's what God has done in your life. But you and I have got to share it. We've got to tell other people what he has done. That's why we pray. We admit that he can do what we cannot. We're not trying to save the world. We're trying to take him at his word. I'm not trying to save people in my community, my neighborhood. I'm trying to just be obedient to what he's commanded me to do. That's what we're supposed to do. Someone said, every convert is the result of the Holy Spirit's pleading and answer to the prayers of some believer. Every convert. Someone is praying for your neighbor. Think about that. Somebody's praying for your neighbor to receive Christ. Somebody's praying for your coworker to receive Christ. Someone has already prayed for the person that you and I are compelled to witness to. Holy Spirit tugs in your heart at the gas pump and says, give that guy a track. Share that story with that, with that coworker. Hey, hey, that person at the doctor's office, that nurse that helped check you in, she needs to know about Jesus. When you feel that tug, hey, someone has prayed for that person. And God is putting you in the place where you get to be the person to share the seed. Hey, church, be obedient. You might be the only chance that person has. That is a weighty thing. You might be the opportunity that somebody is saying, God, please put, please put somebody in their life. God, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, my cousin needs Christ. God, please send somebody in their path. And they are oblivious. And God sends you in their way. Hey, somebody is praying for you to be faithful with the seed. Somebody is praying for you to get involved and share your story. But will we? Why am I praying? Number two, who am I praying for? He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors. Jesus didn't just focus on the prayer. He focused on the purpose. We can't do this alone. Christian life was never meant to be lived solo. We need each other. They would pray and they could pray for an easier job. But if there were more labors, it would become an easier job. Did you get that? They could pray that it would be easy, but if there were more people involved. Remember, many hands make what? Light work. The more people involved, the easier the task gets. Uh, The more people involved. And we see he tells a specific group to pray for laborers. You know what that group was? Laborers. He asked the laborers to pray for more laborers. You know what that tells me? He only expects those who are involved to pray for people to get involved. You know what we see today? God, I wish that you, you know, I'm not going to share the message, Lord, but if you'll send somebody to share the message, that would be great. God is not asking you if you're doing nothing to pray for more laborers. 
He expects the laborers to be praying for more laborers. Jesus is sharing that. We are trying to send people and we're not willing to do it ourselves. Isaiah chapter 6. Remember in verse number 8? Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Isaiah saw who the Lord was, saw the potential, saw what God expected him to do, and said, Lord, I'm right here. Tell me. And we pray, God, here am I, send somebody else. God, here am I, send them. God, here am I, send her. We're responsible. And we know the truth. But are we sharing the message? Are we praying while we're going? We see the potential. We see, number two, the the prayer. And then lastly this morning, we see the probability. Look at verse number three. Go your ways. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. That does not sound reassuring. That does not sound like fun. I send you as lambs among wolves. Two things here and we'll be done. He shared their outlook. He said, I'm going to send you out as lambs. As lambs. No one is intimidated by a lamb. Nobody. You know, uh, they're not threatening. They're not dangerous. They have a bite, but you'll get over it. (laughs) But they do follow the leading of the shepherd. Remember Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If you claim to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're a sheep. And your task is to follow the shepherd. And if he is leading you and placing you in someone's life to share the gospel, he expects you commands you to be faithful. Will you? Will you be faithful? Uh, will you be completely, on the depend, uh, completely dependent on the shepherd for what he is challenging you to do? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He's going to put you exactly where he wants you, and he's going to lead you to the person that needs hope. But will we be faithful? Their outlook, number two, lastly, we see their opposition. Lambs among wolves. There's danger involved. There's going to be an enemy. We know who he is. We know that he does not want the seed. We know that we're going into enemy territory. They knew that they were tasked and they were going to talk to people who didn't want to hear the message of truth. But they would face opposition. They weren't used to it. They would be the target. But they were also carrying the cure for humanity. They were carrying something that was greater than them. And the reward outweighed the risk. All they had to do was follow Jesus. All they had to do was be obedient. David Platt said, My prayer is that people will see that following Jesus costs you everything you are and everything you have. And my prayer is that people will see that Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth your obedience. This morning... Is following Jesus worth it to you? Is following, even if that means that you have to suffer a little bit here. Heaven's going to be awesome. Yes? Heaven's going to be awesome. So we can endure a little hardship and a little trouble and a little discouragement here because heaven's going to be forever and it's going to be totally worth it. And our co-workers need to know that. And our friends and our family need to know that. Need to know that there's hope for living. There is a reason that God has placed us here, but will you be faithful to share the message of hope with the people who desperately need it? Aren't you glad that somebody shared that message with you? Isn't it time then that we share it with someone else? And so that the chain 
is not broken. That's our purpose. That's why he's placed us here. Will we be faithful? Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. We're getting ready to prepare for our time of invitation reflection. Let me just ask you this morning as our personal workers are moving, getting in place. Let me ask you today. Let's do a little bit different than we normally would. And let me ask you two questions. Number one, do you know someone who needs Jesus? Do you know someone who needs Jesus? Could we just be honest and say, hey, pastor, no one's looking around. I know somebody. Would you simply slip up your hand and say, hey, I know somebody, pastor, who needs Jesus. Yep, I know somebody. Thank you. You can put your, put your hands down. Hey, most every hand in the room. We all know somebody who needs Jesus. Here's my question to you. Why do you think you know that person? Why do you think you're in that person's life? God has strategically placed you in that person's life with the gospel message. That's why he's put you there. But the greater question is, will you be faithful with the task that has been presented to you? We can sing and say, speak, O Lord. Hey, Lord, speak to my heart. But God's already spoken from his word. Will we do it? Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm saved. I would like to pray for you this morning. Salvation is so simple. It's all about understanding your need, knowing that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. It's about believing that when Jesus died on the cross, he died in your place. And knowing that his story was meant for you. And then it's simply asking him, calling, confessing, asking him to do what only he can do. And receiving him into your life as your Savior. Asking him to forgive you of your sins. And if you understand that you're a sinner in need of a Savior... You believe that Jesus died. You know that he died. You know that he was buried and rose again. And he did that for you. If you'll simply ask him to save you, he will. He will. Salvation is that simple. Anyone can receive Christ. But will you? And maybe you're here this morning. Man, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. Our personal workers are in place all around the room. You can uh, peek a little bit and see where they are. If you want to talk to someone this morning, we would be honored to take God's word and share a message of hope with you. You don't have to leave here wondering where you're going to spend eternity. You can know. But can I pray for you today? Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm saved. But while no one's looking around, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want you to call my name or point me out or send somebody to talk to me. But would you pray for me? Could I pray for you this morning? Pastor, please pray for me. And if you're a believer this morning, this is the point where you need to be praying for someone who doesn't have that message of hope. Uh, Praying that God will speak to their heart. Show them their spiritual need. And maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm saved. Hey, focus in right now. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure that my sins have been forgiven. Is that you? Would you simply slip up your hand long enough for me to see it and put it right back down? Pastor, please pray for me. Include me in that prayer. I want to know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't have that confidence, but I want to know. Is that you? I don't want to miss you. Pastor, pray for me. Is that you? Is that you? I'm looking. I don't want to miss you, but I do want to pray for you. Pastor, I'm not sure. Pray for me. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I didn't raise my hand, but I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask God to save me. You don't have to come forward. This is all a courtesy for you to talk to someone. But you don't have to come forward and say a magic prayer. You can talk to God right in your seat this morning. But if you have a need, we're here to help you. We would be honored to do so. Our altar's open if you need to come and pray. If you want to make your seat an altar and just get with God. We're going to sing here in just a minute. But if you need to speak to God, now's your time. And now is your opportunity to respond to God's word and God's leading But will you respond? Every time the word of God is presented, every time, 
there is a response that needs to take place on our behalf. There, there is a response that is expected, not from the pastor, but from God. There's a response. What will you do with what you now know? How will you move forward from this point when it comes to sharing the message of the gospel? Father, please bless our time of invitation and reflection. Lord, I ask that you please help us to be faithful now with what you have entrusted us, this message of hope. Lord, please do a work in hearts that only you can do. Help someone to see you for who you are. And Lord, help them to say, here am I, send me. Lord, help them to see, hey, God is expecting me to move. Help us to be faithful. And Lord, if there's one here or watching online that doesn't know you as our personal Savior, Lord, help today to be their day where they surrender their life to you, where they come to you, Lord, expecting you to change them, expecting you to do a work in their heart. Lord, please do what only you can do now in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with us, please. Pastor Tim's going to lead us in that song, Speak, O Lord. If you need to speak to someone, our personal workers are down front. I'll be right down front in the middle. If you need to take a step, whatever you need to do, if you need to come to the altar and pray, whatever God wants you to do right now, this is your opportunity to respond to God's word. Oh 